Chapter 5 I wanted to tell the jerk to step off. What I wanted to say to him was, So you still want to go for that ride? What I really said was, The guy stopped dead. He just stared. What he saw was me, halfway through morphing into an African elephant. I had about a third of a trunk and most of my huge fan-like elephant ears. My legs were like stumps. My arms looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger's, only gray. And my tusks stuck about a foot out of my mouth. Just to make things extra weird, I still had my normal hair and my normal eyes. Suddenly, the guy wasn't interested in hassling me. He turned. He ran. For a minute, he forgot he even had a car. Then he turned around and jumped in through the open window. He started the car and took off. He was definitely breaking the speed limit as he tore out of there. I concentrated again and began to reverse the morphing process, going back to a human shape. I had been wearing a loose sweater and leggings, which was good. They had both stretched, but my shoes had been split open by the sudden growth of my elephant feet. It had started raining, so the trip home was going to be very unpleasant. Oh, great, I muttered. I have to remember to kick off my shoes before I morph into an elephant. Just then, a second car pulled up and came to a stop. The window rolled down. Hey, Rachel. It was Melissa. I recognized the voice. Do you want to ride home? She didn't sound very excited by the idea. I looked through the car window past her. Chapman was behind the wheel. A wave of sick fear swept over me. Had he seen what I'd just done? If he had, then I was dead. My friends were dead. I'm... I'm fine, I said. I could use the exercise. Nonsense, young lady, Chapman said, sounding like his usual assistant principal self. It's beginning to rain. Get in. What was I supposed to do? I forced a smile. It wasn't easy. Thanks, I said. Melissa was in the front with her father. I sat in the back. I tried not to shiver. I tried not to stare at the back of Chapman's head. That's how it is when you're around a controller. You know that evil slug is right there in the controller's head, attached to all his nerve endings, controlling the human brain, dominating it. It's hard not to stare when you think of what is squeezed inside that skull. When we were stuck back at the red light, it looked like some guy was bothering you, Melissa said. Then he ran off. Was he bothering you? Um, no, I lied. He was... he was picking up something he dropped by the side of the road. Pathetic. I was such a lame liar. I saw Chapman's eyes watching me in the rearview mirror. He looked like normal old Chapman. That was the problem with controllers. There's no outward clue. They look so normal. He went running off like the hounds of Hades were after him, Chapman said. Did he? I said in a squeaky voice. I wasn't looking. I guess it was the rain. That's probably why he was running. There, you can turn left there. I know where you live, Chapman said. I almost swallowed my tongue. Was that a threat? Did he suspect? Did he guess? Was he looking at me strangely? Or was I just being paranoid? He pulled up in front of my house. My heart was hammering, but I was determined to act casual. Thanks for the ride, Mr. Chapman, I said. Hey, Melissa, I was totally serious about us getting together, okay? She nodded. Sure, Rachel. Absolutely. I closed the door behind me. I had escaped. I was alive. I'd probably just been imagining things. Then I heard Melissa call out to me. Hey, what happened to your shoes? 
I looked down. My shoes were in tatters, the result of my feet growing from a size 6 to a size 300 in about 5 seconds flat. See? I said, as lightly as I could. I told you I needed to go shopping. Melissa just looked puzzled. Her father stared at me with an expression I could not read. I was shaking like a leaf when I walked into my house. I headed upstairs to my room and stuffed my ripped shoes into the trash. Only then did I go back downstairs and say hi to my mom. She was at the kitchen table, half hidden by a pile of buff-colored books. My mother's a lawyer, and she brings work home a lot so she can be around me and my two little sisters. She and my dad are divorced. I only get to see my dad a few days a month, so my mom feels guilty when she isn't there for us. Hi, honey, she said. Then she got her suspicious mother look. How did you get home? You didn't walk, did you? You were supposed to call me. Melissa and her dad gave me a ride, I said. Well, it was the truth. Sort of. She relaxed and made a point of closing her book. Sorry, you know how I worry about you. Where are Jordan and Sarah? They're in the living room watching another one of those scary shows. Of course, tonight, Jordan will be sleeping with her nightlight on, and Sarah will end up in my bed, no doubt. I don't know why they like things that frighten them. You were never that way. It almost made me laugh. I felt like saying, Well, Mom, I don't have to watch things that are scary. I am scary. You should have seen me a little while ago with tusks sticking out of my mouth and a three-foot-long nose. What I really said was, So what's for dinner? My mother winced. Pizza? Chinese? Anything else you can order over the phone? I'm sorry, but I have this brief and I have court in the morning. Mom, I told her for maybe the thousandth time, I don't mind pizza. Sorry, but your cooking isn't all that great, so it's no big deal ordering pizza. Well, at least get some veggies on it, she said. After dinner, I called Jake. Do you want to come over? I said. I got that new CD if you want to listen to it. There was no CD, of course. It's just that we always have to be careful. Like I said, Jake's brother, Tom, is a controller. He could be listening on the extension. Then I called Cassie and Marco and told them the same cover story. When they arrived, I told them about Melissa, and then I told them about my little run-in with the creep. I did not tell them about Chapman driving me home. I don't know why, but when I saw the way Marco exploded, I was glad I hadn't told them the whole story. Oh, that was dumb, 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 Marco said. What if that guy was a controller? He wasn't a controller, I said scornfully. Why would the Yurks want to make a controller out of a punk? They want people in positions of power. We don't know that for sure, Jake said. Tom isn't in a position of power. And how about people driving by in their cars, or looking out of the windows of their homes? Marco asked. And what if he runs and tells someone about the girl who suddenly sprouted a trunk and tusks? No one's going to believe a low life like that, I said. His friends won't believe him, Marco said poisonously. But a controller would believe him. A controller would know what it meant. Yes, a controller would know what it meant. A controller like Chapman, or even Melissa, if she was one of them. I felt sick. It was like my whole life was nothing but lies. Lies to Melissa. Lies to my mother. Now I was lying by not telling the others the whole truth. Okay, I screwed up, I muttered. You sure did, Marco crowed. You screwed up so... Marco, let it drop. Jake said. Rachel knows she made a mistake. We all make mistakes. Markle rolled his eyes. Cassie gave me an encouraging smile. It was dumb putting yourself in that position, Rachel. 
you need to be more careful. But still, I'd have paid my next 10 allowances to see the look on that guy's face. The important thing is that it doesn't sound like Rachel can use Melissa to get close to Chapman, Jake said. Not if she's a controller herself, and not if she's going to continue being weird around Rachel. I guess we'll have to find another way, I said quickly. I mean, we know where Chapman's office is, we know where his house is, maybe we could just morph into some small animals and hide out. Small animals like what? Marco asked. When Jake turned into a lizard, he got stepped on, he lost his tail. Besides, what are you going to morph into? A cockroach? We all shuddered at the thought. The smallest, strangest thing anyone had morphed so far was when Jake had done the lizard. It creeped him out big time. A roach would be even worse. The problem with being a cockroach, I said, aside from the fact that it is too gross to believe, is that roach senses might not even be useful to us. Can a roach hear in a way that would make it possible for us to understand what we're hearing? We all looked at Cassie. She's sort of our expert on animals. Cassie held up her hands. Oh, come on. Like I know how a cockroach sees and hears. We don't take care of roaches in the rehab clinic. We all sat there feeling glum for a few minutes, but I wasn't going to let it drop. This was about more than just striking a blow at the Yerks. I had to find out if Chapman suspected me. If he did, we were all in terrible danger. I happened to glance over at my desk. There was my math homework, still not done. That didn't make me feel any better. But then I looked at the photos I had mounted on one of those big frames with six different holes. One was of me and my mom and dad on a whitewater rafting trip we took. One was of me visiting my dad at his job. He's a weatherman for TV. We were grinning in front of a map of storms. Another picture was of Cassie and me riding horses side by side, with Cassie, as usual, looking like she spent her entire life in the saddle, and me looking like a total dweeb. But the picture that got my attention was one a couple years ago of Melissa and me. I got up and went over to take the frame down. I stared hard at the picture. What? Jake asked. What is it? It's me and Melissa, I said. It was like her 12th birthday, or some birthday anyway, and we were out on her lawn, playing with the present her dad gave her. So what? Marco asked. So? I passed him the photograph. It showed me and Melissa in shorts, and between us, a small black and white kitten. So her present was a cat. Chapter 6 Look, a kitty door, Jake pointed. Where? Marco asked. See the lines of light? At the bottom of the regular door? Oh yeah, Marco said. I wish the moon were out, I can't see a thing. The four of us were cowering behind a hedge that bordered the Chapman's lawn. They lived in a pretty normal-looking suburban home. You know, two stories, a garage, a lawn. Nothing to make you think that the person who lived there was part of a huge alien conspiracy to take over the world. Let me just ask you this, Marco whispered. Why did it have to be Chapman? I was afraid of Chapman even before we found out he was a controller. You're not still upset about that detention he gave you, I asked. Look, if you're going to listen to your CD in math class with an earphone hidden under your hair, you have to remember not to start singing along. Yeah, that was only slightly stupid, Marco, Jake agreed. I still say Chapman never would have given me a whole week's detention if he was totally human. I have a question, Cassie said. How do we get Melissa's cat to come outside? We all looked at her. Good question, I admitted. I mean, we could hide here in the bushes for a long time, but sooner or later the neighbors are going to notice. What's the cat look like? 
Tobias was sitting perched on a nearby tree branch. He was close enough to hear us. I tried to remember. Its name is Fluffer. I remember that much. Fluffer McKitty. You've got to be kidding me. Marco, of course. I tried to remember back to when I used to hang out with Melissa. It's black and white. You know, in patches. I'll look around. Maybe it's already outside. Tobias spread his wings, swooped silently down over our heads, and flopped away into the night. You know what we need? I said. We need another kitty. We should have thought of that. Then we could have had the second cat call out to Fluffer. Marco turned to stare at me. Meow, Fluffer. Come out, meow. Meow, come out and play, meow. Tobias morphed a cat very early on, didn't he? I asked. Yeah, Jake said. His first morph. The first morph any of us did. Rachel, you need to remember if you go in there tonight that you have to stay in cat character, Cassie said. Most people would just think it was weird if a cat acted strangely, but Chapman may be able to guess what's going on if Fluffer starts acting uncat-like. So you're saying I shouldn't try eating with a fork or changing the channels on the TV? Everyone laughed. Quietly, nervously, but it was laughter just the same. Suddenly, Tobias dropped out of the sky, then drifted over to us in a lazy circle and called down, Got him! He settled back on the branch. He was really an amazing animal when you just looked at him as a bird and didn't think about him being a boy trapped in there. I mean, the gaze of a hawk when it's looking right at you is incredibly intimidating. Gentle Tobias now had an expression that looked totally ferocious. You're kidding. You found Fluffer? I asked. Hey, it's easy. Spotting prey is what I do. Or what the hawk does anyway. Actually, there are maybe six or eight cats running around in the neighborhood. Also, three dogs and an amazing amount of rats and mice. Rats? That got Marco's attention. Rats? Here? This is suburbia. I mean, it's a lot better than where I live. They have rats? There are rats everywhere, Tobias said. Rats and mice and all kinds of plump, juicy... He fell silent, embarrassed. Get a grip, Tobias, Marco said. Don't start eating rats, alright? I don't know if I can have someone who eats rats for a friend. Sometimes, Marco is funny. Sometimes he goes too far. This was one of those times. Shut up, Marco, I growled. I ate a live spider, Jake pointed out. Does that mean you and I can't be friends? From his tone of voice, I could tell he was angry too. None of us knew what Tobias was going through. None of us had ever been in more for more than two hours. Tobias had been a hawk for more than a week. Marco realized he'd been a jerk. Well, yeah, I guess you're right, he muttered. Besides, I've been known to eat eggplant, so I guess I can't criticize. That was an apology, or as close as Marco could get to an actual apology. The cat we're looking for is just a half a block away, Tobias said. Follow me. He flew off, but kept low. We took off after him. Even flying at minimum speed, Tobias was too fast for us to keep up with, so we had to circle back again and again. We had a hard time keeping him in sight. This doesn't look too strange, Cassie joked, the four of us running down the street looking up in the sky. There, Tobias called down. See the yard with the two trees? Yeah, just to the left? That's the one. The cat you're looking for is stalking a mouse, right behind the trunk of the nearest tree. Okay, we can't all go traipsing over some stranger's yard, I pointed out. I'll go with Cassie. 
Marco held up the kitty carrier we had brought along. Don't you need this? Not yet. I'll grab Fluffer and bring him back over here. You two guys just stand here, looking casual. Cassie and I stepped onto the lawn. The house was dark. Maybe no one was home. That would be good. Go left, I suggested to Cassie. We circled the tree. Hey, Fluffer, I said in a high, talking to animal's voice. Here, kitty kitty, remember me? There he is. I see him. I squatted down and held my hand out toward the cat. Hey, Fluffer, Fluffer, it's me, Rachel. Fluffer flattened his ears back along his skull. He looked from me to Cassie and back again. Come on, Fluffer, it's me. Come on, boy. He's male? He's a tomcat? Cassie asked. Yeah, I think so. Oh, wonderful, Cassie moaned. Please tell me he's been fixed at least. Have you been fixed, Fluffer McKitty? I cooed. Why do we care? I asked to Cassie. Because pound for pound, a tomcat is like one of the toughest, most dangerous little things around. Who, Fluffer? My little kitty friend Fluffer? Even if he's fixed, a male cat out at night in hunting mode? Cassie shook her head. We should have worn gloves. Oh, come on, he's a sweet kitty cat. To demonstrate just how sweet Fluffer was, I reached a hand out for him. <laughs> in a moment too fast for my human eyes to see, Fluffer swiped out with one paw. Three bloody scratches appeared on the back of my hand, and Fluffer shot straight up a tree. Ow! I stuck my injured hand in my mouth. Gloves would have definitely been a good idea, Cassie said. How are you guys doing? Jake whispered, just loudly enough for me to hear him. Wonderful, I said through gritted teeth. I'm bleeding and Fluffer is up the tree. I heard Marco giggle. I expected that, but then I heard Jake giggling too. I looked up and saw two glittering yellow-green eyes glaring down from the dark tree. This was supposed to be the easy part, I said. I figured, okay, we go and acquire Fluffer's DNA, and then the hard stuff begins. We have a cat up a tree, Cassie said dolefully. You know how hard it is to get a cat down from a tree? I have a plan, I said. Tobias, are you up there? Right above you, but I'm not going to try and snatch an angry tomcat down out of a tree. That's not what I was going to ask, I said. I took a deep breath. The night was turning weird real fast. What I need is a mouse. Hey, Phantomorphs. I just ate an entire medium pizza, and boy, am I full. Thanks for listening to this episode of Audiomorphs. Audiomorphs is a bootleg audiobook podcast of Animorphs. To hear more, visit audiomorphs.podbean.com. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please send those to audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail. Com. Sorry if these outro pieces have uh, gotten lower in sound quality, but it gets really hot in my room when I set up to record. I have to like close all my windows and stuff and like turn off my fan, and I just don't care about this outro that much. So uh, you can just skip this if you want. There's there's no more episode after this this point right here. It's just going to play the the outro music right around here. It's going to start. So I'll see you next week. Bye.